Good morning, everyone. This is Genevia. And this is Jennifer. And you are tuned into Soap Talk, where candid conversations cleanse the mind, heal the heart, and encourage the spirit. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Soap Talk. And without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many things, um, and we appreciate your candid. That, that's exactly the conversations that we need, and that's that's why we generally we using this platform because these conversations need to be had. And I feel like what we're supposed to do is countercultural than what we're doing right now. You know, um, and you're right when they we, we are hearing two different sides two different interpretations of a particular phrase and um i think it's important for us as a cult as different cultures to insert ourselves into other people's culture and immerse ourselves and give other people an opportunity to not only teach us their culture but for us to have interactions with 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 um, with them, so that they can learn our culture as well. Me, take for instance, I am I'm biracial. My father is Hispanic; he's of uh, Mexican descent, and my mother is African American. So I have two completely different cultures that, even though they have kind of sim- similarities, you know, they are um, they are minorities and they are brown but they have two completely different cultures. I mean, two completely different cultures. One culture, you, you, you all, I think, let me back up. I think across every culture, you can find some type of parallel, religion, food, music, you know, there, there always can be some type of parallel, but there also are very good distinctions when it comes to the African-American culture versus the, uh, the Hispanic culture. And a lot and of- those time, are things to be celebrated. Of course, of course. And, and that's how I look at it because I, I, I want to embrace it. But I've always found myself um, in the position of either I'm not Black enough or I'm too Black to be Hispanic, you know, or why, uh, you know, why am I wearing my hair a certain way? Hair is a big issue in African-American culture. You know, if I wear my braids, I'm being too, you know, uh, Afrocentric. Or if I wear my hair straight, then now I'm trying to, you know, be European. Or if I wear my hair naturally, in my sense, I look like a Hispanic woman because I have very wavy, you know, kind of fine curly hair. You know, so that that brings the level of partiality because when I put my braids in, it's a completely different story. But when I have my hair that's really straight and it's super long because I have really long hair. I've had long hair my entire life. People will think, oh, are you, you know, are you part white or are you, you know, something to that nature? And I'm like, no, you know, I'm Hispanic and, and black, but they, they, they're more partial to me, uh, depending on what, how my hair is. And I know that's a completely different topic, but um, it is a part of the culture. And I feel like we should be able to insert ourselves and immerse ourselves in another person's culture. And I think that will give us clarity on who they are, how they respond where they come from and that way we can all come to a common ground because <clears throat> the young lady that I was speaking about earlier we had a conversation about this too and she told me she's African African American young lady and she specifically said to me I do not spend time around Caucasian people I specifically spend time exclusively with um, African Americans and so I was like well is there a reason why and she said little do you know i i grew up in the valley 
I grew up in McAllen, Texas. I was always, I was the only uh, black girl in everything, not just my class. She said like the entire graduating school class, I was the only black girl. And she said, I would get so much clap, you know, so much flack for being that way because I, I was different. You know, I wasn't like everybody else, but I had no choice but to immerse myself in that culture because it's all around her. You know, it's just like one person around all of this. So she had no choice but to do it. So she said, now that I'm older, I feel myself, I just want to gravitate to something that's more, um, I guess, more familiar, more comfortable because I don't want to feel you know, like I'm being judged or, or I'm being misunderstood. So it was interesting to find that dynamic because typically we have a black white dynamic, you know, I'm in a white neighborhood or, you know, black neighborhood, but it was interesting to hear that dynamic as well for her to say that. And so I really encouraged her. I said, typically go, go do something or go find a place where you would not maybe normally visit and go see how it is. You may have a wonderful experience and you never even know it, you know, go do something you wouldn't, our culture per se, wouldn't typically go and do. Go find something that another culture is famous for and go do that. You may find great people. You may say, you know, I actually like that. That was awesome. And, and, you know, giving you an opportunity to not only broaden your, your, um, your thoughts about how this experience was, but it, it gives you an appreciation for, um, you know, how that culture and how it came to be. Amen. Absolutely. I think that, um, first of all, I think race and race relations is something very hard to talk about. And I think people stray away from it because they, they fear. Yeah. Um, what what might come across offensive like brother Duncan was saying I didn't have I didn't know that that was going to offend you but um first like you said starting off with the conversation why don't we you know well I know we're in the midst of a pandemic but in 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 atmospheres atmospheres where it allows allows itself why don't you go invite a brother and sister who is of another uh, ethnic background out to lunch and start there, you know, um, where maybe you wouldn't before, but now that we're in, you know, we, we're trying to be Christ-like, we, we have to stretch ourselves or we have to go into our growth zones, yeah. which is not <laughs> for me, it's not the most comfortable, comfortable place. <laughs> at all, <laughs> but, um, in order for me to grow, this has to happen. So, um, and I've been in these situations many of times and um, questions have been asked, like, what do you think when you see me? What, 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 are, what do you think? And then let's start there. Because you have all these assumptions, you know, well, I think you, you're this or I think you, you know, and then we can, we start breaking it down there. Another thing is, uh, like you said, Brother Duncan, allowing for those conversations to, um, to happen in a loving environment. So Amen. first starting off with some ground rules. I understand you grew up, your experiences for the most part are different. So your, your knowledge coming in is gonna be different from my own. So if you have a question, please feel free to ask. No judgment, no anger. We're just gonna yeah. start there, right? Yeah. And then it, it allows that person to kind of decompress like, okay. Now let's, let's have this conversation. I'm in a safe space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I have a, um, a sister, I love her dearly. She, she's white and we have these conversations and Geneva, you know exactly yes. what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it has 
grown both of us and allowed both of us to understand each other a lot better. And if there's something said or done that, let's say, I feel um, it, it didn't land right, you know, and then I'll go to her and I'll say, hey, when you said this, like, what did you mean by that, you know, and then we'll have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we have to start, it has to start, you know, it's in the body of Christ, you know, the word says there's no Jew, Gentile, you know, <laughs> we're all one. Labor the common us. denominator is Christ. Amen. So. God made me this way, you know, now we understand the world is the world. And, you know, if you're, if you're a certain race, you get treated a certain way or you're allotted certain privileges that other people are not right. But in Christ, it doesn't work that way. You know, there is no racial hierarchy. We're all made in God's image. We're all beautiful. I, I had no control over (laughs) how I was born and nor should I want that. Amen. Or nor should I feel bad about how God created me. The world says one thing, but I have to incline my ear to God and what he says. And so, um, you know, like I said, my husband has encouraged me on many occasions. Hey, go invite that sister out to lunch or Hey, and I'm like, Oh Lord, my heart, like my heart will start pounding. My hands will start sweating. I'm like, I can't do this. And he's like, you can do it. You can do it. And I've, um, I've gained some beautiful sisters in the Lord. And, and when I say different, we grew up different, much uh, different countries, different languages, different races, <laughs> and, but all still striving to be like Christ and maybe some misunderstandings. But as a sister, we're going to allow that conversation to happen. Right. And of course, and so I was thinking too, it's like, when you think about a quilt, right? If, if, if I'm going to go buy a quilt, I love quilts that are colorful, right? Different patches, different things, you know, different designs, just the beauty of the difference. And, but it's all, it's all put together to form one big blanket, right? one, one covering. And that's how I think about the body of Christ. There's so much beauty and difference. If it was all white, and all are all black. I couldn't see, I couldn't see anything but all white or all black. I see you because there's difference there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I I I just I know it's kind of like, well, Jennifer, that's not how the world I understand that's not how the world works, but we're talking about the body here. The world has its own rules of operation. And I'm choosing not to operate that way. Mm-hmm. So therefore we need to start having some of these, some of these harder conversations and say, you know what, I love you. I mean, your, your race is external. That doesn't mean that, you know, cause my friend, she, she pokes fun at me. She was listening to um, <laughs> my playlist one time. Cause it's, you know, I have a Christian playlist and she was like, that's the whitest sounding playlist I've ever. <laughs> <laughs> Don't and judge I, me. I like what I like. Okay. That part that part but you know we both laughed about it because her expectation or assumption was that I was gonna like a certain art you know Christian artist or Christian singer because of my race mm-hmm. and when she heard it she was like whoa you know <laughs> this is not what I expected so that's that's why we need to like you said immerse ourselves the best way to learn our language uh, a different language is to go immerse yourself in that culture in the culture right? yeah <laughs> and, and go if you can you know live abroad but I mean, you could live abroad and live at home. You just gotta, hey, open your doors and open your hearts, you know, and, and God will do the rest. He'll allow you to see that. Maybe what you thought all that, all, all those years is, it's, it's not it, you know? So, I mean, that's my spin on it, my take on it rather. Amen, amen. 
So, um, what is the uh, brother Duncan? What is the church's role in racial racial uh, reconciliation? And we kind of touched on that too um, with within our last question. Well, I think sometimes you'll hear preachers say there are two great commands and there is a great commission. And the two great commands of the Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, strength, mind, your whole being, and to um, love your neighbor as yourself. And the great commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so as far as racial reconciliation goes, some people will determine, I think, what they do on a citywide level or a statewide level uh, in one way, and that's fine. But when it really comes down to it, the way that I reconcile people to Jesus or the way I reconcile races is not necessarily by law creating laws, although that does something, but it's by reconciling them to Jesus, the one who calls people of all nations, of all cultures, of all people groups together. And so laws, which I'm not against laws, but laws don't change hearts. Jesus changes hearts. And so the church's role is to keep preaching what is right and what is true. The church's role is to not discriminate because of a person's color or language or where they may be from on the, on the globe. And so, <laughs> excuse me, when the church goes into all the world, when the church says, when somebody walks through the door or we go to our neighbor's house or we go to another country and they are of a different race or uh, they may be documented or undocumented or whatever we see as differences. And we treat them with the love of God and we love them as ourselves and we share the good news of Jesus with them. We are actually participating in racial reconciliation. Amen. And so we might not say to a person of another race who comes in or who we meet, hello, I'm here for racial reconciliation, Mm -hmm. but that's what's happening Mm -hmm. because we are all coming under the love of Christ together. Okay. So brother Duncan, may I ask, why is there so much apprehension toward addressing the sin of partiality and favoritism within the body? thus letting the sin grow and deepen. Well, I try, I try to address it. Um, but I think it's two things. I think one kind of goes back to this one thing. We're nervous about what happens if things change. Yeah. And I think there's another that within, within Christians and within preachers, sometimes they're partial. Mm. Sometimes a preacher may not like someone because they are of another race, whatever race that may be, mm-hmm. or they don't want people who don't speak English or don't want people who do this or that. And so sometimes we're not getting it from the pulpit. And so then it doesn't permeate through the congregation. Mm-hmm. It ought to be that people, people um, love God and they read and study on their own and pray and figure it out on their own. But we all know there are a lot of people who their spiritual feeding is only what they get on Sunday morning. Yeah. And so it has to come from the leaders and the preacher and it, and it needs to come from us. But I think one time years ago, I was in a Bible class, uh, a Sunday morning class. We were traveling. It was Romans chapter one, where they're listing all, you know, like 10 or 15 different sins are in that chapter. Mm-hmm. 
and the teacher, and I knew the teacher, he spent about 20 minutes on the sin of murder. And finally, I raised my hand and I said, I don't think there's anybody in here has a problem with murder. But there are a few other things in this list that we're struggling with. And he was very kind about it. I was really young when I said that. I probably wouldn't say it quite the same way I did to him that day. But we like to talk about the things that we don't struggle with because it would mean we'd have to change. Yeah, that's a nugget right there. And definitely is. It's change. my my motto is change is the only constant in life like we it's it's hard that's it's easy it's easier for me sometimes to change and embrace something and i've learned that even now if i embrace something if i embrace the change to me i feel like it's easier because i'm removing myself and my apprehensions and the tension that i put on for myself that is already going to happen it's inevitable you know, it's, it's, it's nothing I can do to change that. So that I, I it's, it's a learning process. It's a learning it process. It is because I'm still learning certain situations. I'm comfortable in others, but in, in other situations, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and you can't make me. <laughs> never stop growing. We shouldn't stop growing. Yes. Amen. That concludes another episode of Soap Talk. We want to thank you for joining us today. Please join us tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. as we delve back into the topic. So thank you so much. God bless and we love you. Bye. Bye.